No Ketchup Chicago. What's really good, my people? Welcome into No Catch Up Chicago for Chicago by Chicago. I am your host, Sean Little. Nick the Quicks on the line, working mobile. What's up, baby? What's going on, man? Man, I am excited. Happy, happy to be here, man. Happy to be here. Yeah, of course. You coming in crystal clear off the Bluetooth. Shout out, Sprint. Yeah, man. Shout out for baby. <laughs> <laughs> you already know what time it is. Um, This is going to be an all-NBA playoff edition I'm going to do a little Cubs content here coming up. I know the Brewers are in town. I'm actually going to the game um, this afternoon, so I'm excited about that. But let's talk NBA. Man, it's too much stuff going on right now. Yeah. It's like too, too much stuff going on. Yeah, well, I mean, we all talked about it, right? That first round was kind of got to be whatever, but the second round is when we're going to see these uh, these good matchups, man. Uh, and that's exactly where we are right now. I mean, it's this is exactly what we talked about. We we're like the playoffs don't start till the second round. Like I don't even want to hear it. Yeah. Um yeah. this is what we're, this is how we're gonna run it. This is the timeline. We're gonna go We're gonna go Celtics. We gotta pour some out because Nick hit the Celtics on the head all year. We're gonna talk yeah. Celtics, Lakers, then of course we're gonna highlight Golden State and the Rockets tonight, and then we're gonna get into these game sevens that happened on Mother's Day. And I already called my moms. I'm like, listen, if it's three game sevens, if it's three game sevens, mom, Mother's Day is watching hoops. Straight like that. <laughs> like, I don't know. We're we going to have to reschedule what you want to do. We, we watch the hoops. Pull out that, that's where you pull out that we're going to Texas move. Hey, no. That's where <laughs> no, no, like, for real, like, forget about uh, all this other stuff. It is. Right. We're watching three games set. We got a triple header, Ma. That's what we're doing. Triple triple header, potentially, yeah. Yeah, so we'll talk about that. But, hey, I got to give credit where credit's due. You have been saying the Celtics are fugazi and this shit's not working and they're not going to be able to flip the switch in the playoffs, and you were dead on. Yeah, so, I mean, I kind of told you before we talked that I definitely wanted to pour a little out to the Boston Celtics in the season that never was. Um, obviously, a lot of off-season hype for the Celtics. Oh, Hayward's coming back, man. This is going to be year, another breakout year for Tatum. Jalen Brown, year three, like this is what we want to see. You know, Terry Rozier coming off a great playoff run. And it seems like everybody forgot that in basketball, you can only say five guys at a time, and there's only one ball on the court, right? So, especially when you get to the playoffs and things start tightening up a little bit, right? Um, and if you follow the Celtics all season or just the rumblings, man, the tea leaves, it was like this from the very beginning. It was an awkward fit. They're trying to bring Gordon Hayward back for damn near 70% of the season. He wasn't right and was playing awful and was a show of himself, but they're still trying to get him in 2025 minutes, um, you know, which I think was a major mistake by Brad Stevens. I think, you know, middle of the season when they realized it wasn't going right, you got to adjust. You got other wings that can get minutes, right? Tatum deserves minutes. Brown deserves minutes. Um, you got guys trying to get contracts to Rozier, uh, you know, Jalen Brown, those guys are, you know, their contracts are up, right? So they're trying to look good for their next deal. Same with Kyrie, you know, he, he shot him to death in the playoffs. Um, and it was just dysfunctional pretty much the entire year. At the end of the year, they pretended to come together and it seemed like things were going to be okay. They won that game one against Boston. Paul Pierce started talking crazy, which I think we should rename the Darryl Valcorn ball of the week to the Paul Pierce. Lifetime Achievement Cornball Award because this dude, this dude, this dude is a clown, bro. Between the wheelchairs, between the stupid predictions, between whatever the hell he's always talking about, you saw him fart on set the other day. Like he's just a clown, bro. Yeah, um, we gotta. I'm gonna bring that back. Achievement Award given out weekly. We gotta um, bring that you know, back. No doubt. Yeah, yeah Dan Rovell had the title for a couple of years, but Paul Pierce is in, so it's really um, creeping the super cornball. He ta- he done, he's taking the cake right now. Taking the cake, man. He's he's he's, he's it. Um, it's yeah. So I mean, it was just bad, man. And now you got the comments from Rogier the other day talking about, well, nobody sacrificed as much as me. Um, you got guys talking about, hey, are you want to resign with Boston this offseason? Saying no comment. Um, still, somehow the Golden Boy Brad Stevens comes out unscathed. You want to talk about 
longest leash in the sport. Wait, 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 wait. Before you even get into it, this is what I'm going to say about that. Do you see the difference in how he handled it, though, than everybody else? He came out in the presser. You want to know why guys like that get a long leash? You want to know why guys like Brad Stevens get a long leash? Because in the post-game presser, he comes out and says, I didn't do the best job. This falls on me. This is one of my worst coaching periods of my entire life. I didn't get it done. We're gonna, I'm going to do a lot of self-reflection, and we'll get better next year. That's why he gets a long leash. That's why... People don't crush him like they maybe should. It's the same thing we talked about. How do you portray yourself in the media? What kind of guy do people think you are? He honestly came out and was like, I sucked this year. I was terrible this year. I didn't do very well. And for that, we didn't do very well. This failure lands on me. And uh, we'll see you guys next year. We'll, we won't hear a word about Brad Stevens the whole offseason because of what he said. You, you, you follow me? Yeah, no, I understand completely where you're coming from. You know, you definitely got to take your hat off to someone who holds himself accountable. But at the same time, you know, that, that's cool at the end of the season. But where was the Brad Stevens rumbling throughout the year? I mean, this again, this thing never looked right. And from a personality perspective, really never looks right. Um, and it just didn't. I mean, he's right. He, he did not do a good job of managing this team. They had quite possibly, outside of Golden State, the most talent of any team in the NBA. I mean, you got Kyrie. You got Al Horsford, you got Brown, you got Tatum, you got Hayward, you got guys. I mean, you got Horst. You know what I mean? Give Greg give, give Greg Popovich that roster. Bears might win sixty eight games. So, yeah, you know, I think I think <laughs> I think we need to you know what I'm saying? I think you know they're going to play off with DeRozan, Aldridge and Sean Little, you know what I mean? So like, let's, let's keep it honest. Let's keep it honest here, right? Yeah, so uh, you know, that's kinda of where we're at with them. But again, man, of course that is done. You know, hopefully they make some moves. Good thing for them that they got some assets they can move off of. And it just goes to show sometimes too much is too much, right? Like basketball, it, it, it's so much more about, not about talent, but about fit. And if you can get the right pieces to fit and complement each other, and everybody kind of has that common goal, things work. If they don't, it doesn't matter who you're trotting out there. Because guys are going to have their own agenda, and when the going gets tough, guys are going to do their own thing, and that's kind of what you saw from them. Now, I'm not going to sit here and act like Milwaukee was a slouch, right? I never had them winning that series. Right. I never thought that they were going to win that series because Milwaukee's just a better team. Right. Milwaukee's a perfect example of, hey, put the right pieces together, and the sum of your parts is more than your individual guys. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So um, I think that that's a good thing for Milwaukee. But, you know, we'll, we'll move on from Boston, man, RIP. Hopefully they get it together. But I don't feel bad about a Boston sports team failing. Yeah, something, for being completely honest. <laughs> oh, yeah, no doubt about it. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah. I didn't feel uh, that at all. Be all right. Yeah, yeah they, they, they got a lot of hardware over there. But, yeah, so, I mean, that was, that was kind of my piece on Boston. But, yeah. yeah, I feel it. I, I agree with a lot of the points you were saying. One of the funniest tweets I've seen this NBA playoffs is they did, like, a flashback of Bleacher Report posted uh, a picture of the, pre, like, the preseason, you know, like, the media day photo. And it was Kyrie, yep. Gordon Hayward, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, and Al Horford. Or maybe Jalen Brown wasn't on there, but it was Horford, Tatum, Kyrie, and Gordon Hayward. And the caption from Bleacher Report was, who's going to beat these guys? And then someone had went back, found it, retweeted it, and put uh, George Hill. And and then the, what's the white boy from Notre Dame's name? The pitcher that's been hitting threes. Pat Connaughton. Yeah, they were like, that's who's <laughs> going to beat him. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, they, got, they got beat by Pat Connaughton yeah. and George Hill. And George so, Hill. Yeah. yeah, so I thought that was really, really funny. But, yeah, we'll leave yeah, Boston. Be better, coach, better coach team, man. Hey, man. No doubt. And uh, it helps when that, yeah, it's tough when you go up against the MVP. And then, but it, yep. it also it also goes back to how you lose. It's going to be an interesting offseason. Um, like I said in my piece yesterday, I don't think there's any way Kyrie goes back to Boston, and if you're a Boston Celtics fan or a part of the Boston Celtics organization, you should help him pack up his shit and get his attitude and 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 that aura that he had over the locker room out of there as soon as possible. Immediately, yeah. Yeah, if I'm Ben, I'm not I'm not punting on these young assets, but I understand you want to go after Anthony Davis and all that. But like, again, man, you got solid young guys that you can kind of build around, and Brad Stevens has proven that that's kind of what he's best at is when he doesn't have that. Kyrie Force. I mean, superstars are great, bro, but you, not every superstar is going to be like a Kawhi or something like that. A lot of these guys have been superstars their entire life, and there's a lot of ego and all that that goes with that, and you know, if you're not able to manage that, uh, you know, sometimes it's a little bit easier to have some of these up and coming, and you know, 
type guys who, you know, just gonna shut up and go to work. So. No doubt. We'll RIP leave... Boston. Uh, we'll see what happens next year. Yeah, we'll leave it there. All right, let's switch over to the Lakers. The other marquee franchise in the NBA. Lakers, Celtics, both in shambles. <laughs> shambles. Lakers, Lakers in shambles, baby. Lakers, Lakers in shambles. <laughs> yeah. What Tyloo is? said nah. Bonnie is... Williams said nah. Yeah. Magic Johnson said nah and didn't tell anybody. <laughs> yeah. That, I think that is kind of, that was kind of, the now that all the, now where we're at with the Lakers is, you know, no coach. No, no Magic Johnson. It's just Palinka and and Jeannie Buss essentially. Magic, I knew he left them out to dry, but he left them out to dry, dry. Like Jeannie doesn't know what's going on. Palinka's a a first year front office guy. Like it's all crazy out there. What's your initial thought? Yeah, what's your thought about that situation now, and then the coaching situation as well? I just think it's ugly, man. So it's kind of—it's very like Nixie. You know what I mean? I don't understand why these teams that make that literally print money, right? Like the, the Los Angeles Lakers print money. So that's a big point between Hire and Ty Lue was number one. You didn't want to give him a five-year deal because he wanted his contract to match up with LeBron. Well, what kind of message are you sending to him? And number two, you don't want to—you don't want to pay him. Well, they're offering what six million dollars a year. I mean, Ty Lue won an NBA championship three years ago. If you get $6 million a year, I mean, come on, man. And if you're worried about it not working out and you having to pay him later, say what? You have the money. So Jerry Reinsdorf, who's the cheapest owner in sports, is one of them, is willing to pay coaches and not coach. Why can't the Lakers do it? You know, so it's just insulting. If Ty Lue is the guy you wanted, if that's the coach that you identified as your man, then go after him. And worry about the rest later. You know, a good franchises, that's what they do. Um, especially when you have the money. And it's not like you have a salary cap for coaches, right? Hiring a coach is not restricted. It doesn't limit what you can do in the future. You know what I mean? So if Ty Lue's your guy, go after him and make sure you get him there and end this. If not, now Ty Lue's not available right now. He doesn't want to come, right? Monty Williams took another job. Who, who are you going after right now? What, 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 where are you fucking from, right? I mean, it's not like guys are lining up to you know, coach LeBron. And I, and I think that that needs to be talked about, right? He needs somebody who can handle him and understands what's going on and understands the whole LeBron experience. Well, you know who understands LeBron experience? Tyron Luke. And he's a Lakers, not a Lakers legend, but he, he, he bleeds purple and gold, right? No, he listen. He won championships with the Lakers, man. Listen, I got a little different opinion on this. And I know I'm the minority, and I know everyone's saying y'all disrespected Ty Lue for the contract. The length, not giving him five. Okay. My thing is, to me, it seems like it was more disrespectful to try to tag people onto his staff, make him add people that he necessarily didn't want to, that type of thing. I thought that stuff was over the line, but people don't seem to think that was that big a deal as more of them not offering him five years. Now, listen, bro. I understand Ty Lue won a title three years ago, right? I understand, well, hold on, let me take a step back. What I understand is that he won a championship three years ago with LeBron James. The only reason he got a head a head coaching job and is probably a NBA head coach is because of the LeBron James and him coaching LeBron James directly. I don't see that it's that disrespectful to come to tie like, yo, You thrive with the person that we're trying to build a franchise around. Here's $20 million to go do that. I think 19 was the top number that they got. Match up with LeBron, and then we'll go from there. That doesn't seem that disrespectful to me. Essentially, when LeBron leaves, they don't trust that Ty Lue can be a head coach in the NBA because there's no proof that he can be. And I kind of agree with that. It's not like other teams are trying to go lock in Ty Lue to coach their team. Are people jumping off? Are people stepping over other coaches? Are, 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 is Monty Williams getting pushed to the side because Ty Lue's available? It's not like he's getting a ton of looks. So it doesn't seem that disrespectful to me that he was getting a three-year, $19 million deal to line up with LeBron's four-year, three-player three, player option after the third. That didn't seem that disrespectful to me. I see what you're saying. I 100% agree with the assistant thing. 
Um, especially when that assistant is Jason Kidd. Uh, Jason Kidd has been a head coach in the NBA, and I don't think Ty Lue necessarily wants Jason Kidd. Dude, right that would have been that would have been a disaster. And it's not like Jason Kidd is known for being a loyal and trustworthy guy, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, he's he's going to be back there plotting. But I think the other thing when you talk about the money, and one thing you got to remember, is Cleveland owes him $10 million, right? So if he takes that Lakers job for $7 million a year, he essentially loses $3 million by taking the Lakers job, right? Because he, if he takes another job with another ball club, he no longer has that money that the Lakers owe him. So I think that that's a piece that really needs to be looked at, and the Lakers need to be aware of that. But that's it's what I'm saying, that. right? Stru- as soon as in a way that Ty Lue doesn't have to pay you to be his head coach, essentially, or pay the Cleveland Cavaliers to be your head coach. You know what I mean? So he still owes. He would take. He would have to lose three million dollars, a pay cut to coach the Lakers. And I, I think that you know, for him, he wasn't going to do that. Ty Lue without LeBron James is not a good NBA coach. In my opinion, LeBron, Ty Lue, Ty Lue, I mean, maybe that's not a fair statement because we've never seen it. Never seen it. Yeah, I mean, and, 10 games. yeah, I mean, that doesn't count. That team, that after LeBron left Cleveland, that shit was over with, right? So, They're the young boy. Yeah. <laughs> the young boy, Colin Sexton. The young boy. The young boy. But that's what I'm saying, right? So him with LeBron, he's a he's a good NBA coach. He's not a great NBA coach where I feel like he could be commanding top dollar like all the rest of the coach like the rest of the really good coaches in the league. Like I, I just don't see it. I, I don't get the I don't see that being extremely disrespectful. The only thing that the Lakers are kind of they were kind of Ty Lue had the leverage to be like, man, I need five years and twenty five. Period. Like. Y'all don't have no one else to coach this team, and LeBron wants me to coach. So this is what I need, and I get that. But that's a key point, though. Y'all don't is, have anyone else to coach the team. Yeah, we're, no. We're the top coach in this signing. We're gonna call Tim's. I mean, like, there's right. really, there's not, there's not really much to, to to choose from out there. So if you identify him as the best, the best possible candidate, and the one that can handle LeBron, I mean, that's at this point you gotta kind of do something. I mean, you gotta almost stop the bad test. I see where you're coming from, but I mean. You got to shoot it off the pot. It's just one of those things where they're going to be in the exact same spot that Cleveland was in after LeBron leaves. They're going to be holding $15 million. They're going to have to fire him and then go get someone else, and they're going to have to double dip. And I guess if you're just, for the next three years, just to salvage that, just to go ahead and, and burn up that money on the back end, and you never know. Maybe he ends up being solid and LeBron leaves and they have a solid core outside of LeBron and all types of shit can happen. But... I didn't see it was I didn't see it being that disrespectful that he got offered 19 mil for 3 years when when he's not with LeBron he hasn't proven that he can do anything. So I didn't I didn't find it as that disrespectful in my eyes. Yeah, it's just it's just interesting to think what they're going to do next, you know. I mean, at this point yeah. it's kind of like okay, well, if, even if that was your thought process and if that's how you're thinking, you need to have a plan B, a plan C and a plan D. And it doesn't sound like they have that. I saw, I forget the names that are floating out there that they're going to talk to now, but it wasn't really anybody that was like, oh my God, yeah, you got to get that guy. And I mean, I think it's too late to try to go after one of these college coaches that you really want, right? Those guys were already in the middle of things. And if you were going to start talking to some of these guys, you should have been talking to them a while ago. So it's kind of like, well, where is that elite coach going to come from? Again, that, that is able to handle LeBron. You can say, hey, this guy out here, he's an excellent, excellent old coach, and we know he'll do a good job. Can he manage those personalities, right? We just talked about Brad Stevens. Um, you got to be able to handle those star players. And, you know, I, at the very least, Ty Lue and LeBron, they have understanding. And another thing so, is, I feel you. And another thing is, why not bite the bullet and go back and offer Ty Lue the five then? Like, why is it? why does that have to be a dead situation now? He still wants yeah. to coach them. He still, LeBron still wants him to be the coach. Go bite the bullet, kill all this noise, and go pay him. Yeah, well, you know what I'm saying? Like, there. like Who's if if if, if, the, if that's kind of if you feel like you're backed into a corner and you have no other option, then go get Ty Lue. He'll he'll come back if the number's right. Forget all that bullshit yeah. about you don't want to look bad, and you know you might have to just swallow that pill and go do what you got to do. Well, now he really has the leverage. If they come calling back, we're like, okay. But I mean, like then you like just five years and fifty million. No, <laughs> Ty, Ty, not gonna get out of control with it. But yeah, I feel you. But yeah. Yeah. match what match what he wants, match what the league average is, and do all that. But 
I mean, this shit's starting to spiral out of control. You need to trade yeah, LeBron. Like, Le- Jalen yeah. Rose was on was on was on TV this morning saying, "If I'm LeBron, I go in and say, if I don't get Ty, trade me." Like, this shit is starting to get a little od. So, yeah. So do do what you gotta do before it gets even more out of control and the fans start flipping and all that because it could get more. Yeah, protest. protest in LA. Yeah, I saw yeah. that. So, Super Bowl, Super Bowl playoff, I'm gonna like, Lakers. Everybody loves the Lakers. Yeah, there. yeah. yeah. Shit, you ever been out to California? You guys, Southern California, <laughs> they love the Los Angeles. That Lakers is boys, one so. thing they do love the Lake Show. They love the Lakers, man. So you, you gotta have a plan, man. And they're like, hey, we got LeBron, and y'all are just fucking this all up. So yeah. Yeah. All right. So, uh, yep. Let's switch over to. I can't. I don't even know if I could say the best series in the playoffs because there's been so many good ones. But the one I've been most locked on is Golden State and the Houston Rockets. Tonight is Game Six in Houston. The line is Houston minus seven and a half, so they're expecting it to go back to Oracle for Game Seven on Sunday. Um, this should be interesting, man. KD is out. I'm glad that it's not a torn Achilles. They're saying it's a calf strain. It seemed worse than that, but we'll see. I don't think he comes back the rest of the year. I don't think he comes back for the finals either. Um, I think he's hurt. We'll see. But tonight should be interesting. James Harden, Chris Paul. Now this is kind of the situation they were in last year, right? Chris Paul went down. Golden State clipped him. Now KD's down. They got to clip Golden State. Yeah, 100%, man. And, uh, you know, the KD thing is obviously up in there. We know he's done this series, right? So there's, there's no KD coming back through that door anytime soon. Um, you know, if you're Golden State, though, you got to remember, hey, we won 73 games before KD got out here. If you still have, you know, three of the top, call it, I don't know, 30 players in the NBA, whatever you rank Draymond, um, you know, biggest top 25 players, three of the top 25 players in the league, whatever it might be. Um, and... Let's be honest, man. Steph and Clay haven't necessarily played great all series, in particular Steph. So, I mean, you're, you're kind of looking for those guys to bounce back and Don't do what they do why, you, why are you being nice like that? They've been playing like garbage, they're playing bro. Like shit. That's yeah, they're playing like trash. Yeah, right? that second um, half, Steph yeah, woke 100%. up a little bit. But, yeah, they've been playing yeah, like garbage. Yeah, they woke up last game, but, yeah, they have not been themselves and haven't been the threat that they are, um, which really puts a lot of stress on KD, I think, because then he comes into KD. KD mode, which he's been doing a good job of doing all playoffs, right? We can't understate how well he's been playing all playoffs. He's been locked in. Um, it seems like he knows, you know, that's it for me in Golden State. I'm going to go ahead and ride out with a bang. So I'm not overly concerned with them, but what I will say is if you're Houston, man, it's go time, man. It's go time. Stop bullshitting. Chris Paul needs to figure it out. James Harden's going to do what he does regardless. But if you're CP3, if you're Tech Capella, if you're Gordon, if you're those guys, man, Knowing that James is most likely going to show up, y'all need to show up too. This is your chance. Uh, you know, you were down 0-2. You were able to get back, you know, get those last uh, couple games out there. Now you're down 3-2 with a chance to send it into game seven. You got to come You got to come to play. No excuses. This is it. Because next year, Chris Collins is going to be another year older, and that window is closing on Houston. You know, I, I truly believe that. Because next year you're going to have to deal with Chris Paul making $40 million a year. And, you know, if you look at him in the last few games, man, he, he, he's showing his age, right? So um, if you're them, you got to understand the time is now. you got to strike while the iron's hot. There's no KD. That man is not there, right? Um, that walking bucket is not there. And you got to understand that this is our time, man. So, I mean, I got, I got money on Houston. So I'm, I'm, I'm feeling confident. You gave up the points? The no, no, I took Houston plus 300 on the series. Ah, uh, okay. I got a series bet on Houston. So I need oh, to wow. Too, that KD injury yeah. looking nice. KD injury looking real nice. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. You never want to see anybody get hurt, but you kind of do. Never. <laughs> yeah, I remember when I saw the Achilles, I was like, man, you know, for as much as I don't necessarily like KD as a person, I never want to see an Achilles injury. Nah, bro, you know, at this stage in his career, that could be that could be an injury for him. Or, you know, you saw what it did to Kobe. Um so I'm happy that it's not that. But again, man, if you're Houston, man, you gotta. This is that time. It's time. No person time to go. If this is Paul, you got a legacy to worry about. The James Harden, you know, yeah, you still got a lot of time left in this league. But hey, no better time than right now. 
to go ahead and get it done. So I'm, I'm excited about tonight. All day. I think it's going to be a good game. All day. I think, you know, yeah, all day. I think, I think this is what we've been waiting for, man. This is it. This is the series. This is what we've been waiting for since last year. All this regular season basketball, all this noise. CP went down. James held him up. James has been doing his part. He's going to need some help. Um, there's a lot. There's so many storylines in this series that are awesome. Um, now, them without KD, it's interesting to see can they morph back into the team that they were before KD because – I think people forget now that KD's around. Before before KD got there, it was Harrison Barnes. It was Bogut. It was Livingston was doing more. Iggy was younger. They had a deeper bench. Once KD came over, the bench the bench hasn't been as deep and didn't need to be as deep, honestly. But this is not exactly the same team, so they can't just morph back to that 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 same that same first that same team that won the first championship but it's going to be interesting to see them move in the rock because they're essentially going to have to be out there with Draymond almost running the point like he does sometimes which I mean you know again if that's the situation that you're in you know it's, it's good that it's Draymond Green doing it right not Kevon Looney or some shit like that right so, you know and I hear you know that this isn't as deep but you know it's the playoffs man so I mean there's no reason that Steph Clay and Draymond shouldn't be seeing 40 you know, around 40 minutes tonight, right? So really, if those other guys can come in and give you, you know, 8 to 10 quality minutes and some energy and all that, I think you should be fine. But at the end of the day, look, two games matter in these series, and you shouldn't be saying, oh, I don't want to overplay these guys, and you got to worry about the, the Western Conference Finals and potentially the NBA Finals. You go ahead and you throw those guys out there and just put them away if that's what you want to do. You know, if you're Steve Kerr, I'm saying, look, guys, we're, we're just going to put these boys away. I don't want to see them again in a game seven. Let's just get the fuck out of here. Let's give Boogie a few more days to recuperate. Hopefully he might be able to make it back. I know he was talking about that last week. But, you know, there's no reason for this series to drag on. Something and that... Then you, can't use the KD, you can't use the KD injury as an excuse because, again, you're still trying out three really, really, really good players. and one No one's, no one's going to try to hear an excuse from those boys about anything. Nobody. Especially, Nobody. With, especially with how fortunate they've been with stars to go out against them. So that shit's not going to fly at all. Not at all. The keys for me in the game... See, I, obviously, Clay's going to have to shoot it well. Steph's going to have to go off. The biggest; These are the biggest three things for me. Steph, foul trouble. Steph's been getting in foul trouble for whatever reason like he never has before. I've never yeah. seen him. He's, he's, I don't know the numbers. I don't have them uh, in front of me. But it seems like he's. I've been looking up and he's four or five fouls with a lot of time left in the game. So, and a lot of dumb fouls, too. Yeah. Little, little quick reach-ins and dumb shit like that. Hey, really quick, since we're talking about fouls, this offensive foul, I can't remember the last time I saw a block call, bro. Yeah, no. Like, they don't call blocks anymore. Everything's offensive foul. No. I've never seen anything like all it, bro. It's all, char- it's all charges. Everything is a charge, bro. When when did that shit change? I, I thought- know, you could be sitting there literally shuffling your feet and you'll still get the block bro, call. Bro, you could... <laughs> Dude, yesterday uh, against Jokic, Collins... I think it was I think it was Collins. He he shuffled and jumped up in the air and got hit in the chest and instant charge. I mean, yeah. I can't I like I don't I, I like no funny shit. I can't remember the last time I saw a block. Yeah. Every time Chris Paul comes off a screen and bumps into someone, it's a charge. No doubt. Charge. Every single yep. time. Like yep. forget about the arm getting extended. That shit doesn't even have to happen anymore. If if Anyone gets any type of anywhere close to squaring up on you, it's a charge off top. Yeah. So right. that's been something that I've, that's been really, really interesting to me. Because you know how when you're just at the crib watching the game and you automatically call like block charge when it happens? That's a block, yeah. Like, oh, that's a block. Like, I've got them yeah. all. I've got them all wrong. I've got everyone wrong. Yeah. I'm like, oh, that's a block. It's charge. Block, bro. Charge. I'm like, yo, wait, what? And I'm watching these replays yeah. and I'm like, there's just no way this is a charge. But. That that's a whole another story. Like, do you remember that uh that call that Eric Gordon got the other day? Yep. He's yep. going to the basket against KD, and KD is literally just running in front of him and backpedaling. He bumped into him a little bit. It was offense. It was like, gee, it's a charge. Yeah, what is happening? So that's yeah. a big key for me. Steph foul trouble because he's been getting into in, into foul trouble a little bit. And the other big yep. things, bro. Offensive rebounds, cleaning the glass. 
The key for the Rockets is P.J. Tucker, and the key for the Warriors is Looney. Whoever has the better game between those two dudes is going to win the game, in my opinion. Because wow, so you got the, the Looney versus... Yeah, uh, honestly, Looney versus P.J. Tucker, bro. P.J. Tucker. If P.J. Tucker scores 12 points and has 9, 10 rebounds, they're going to win. Well, yeah, of course. You know what I'm saying? So you, and know, if, you know he's going to bring the defense. You know he's going to yeah. bring the toughness. You know he's going to play hard regardless. Yeah. You give P.J. Tucker five, six offensive boards, it's over. Same, and oh, just, no like, just like what happened with Looney the other night. Looney was all over <laughs> the fucking place. Especially because with Houston, you get that offensive board, you're kicking out for a three. And you, you can't keep giving them bites at the apple as far as three-point attempts. Because when 100%. they start going in, it, it gets scary for them. If you start um, giving you know, them extra possessions, it's a wrap. Yeah, you can't. You don't want to do that with a team that shoots the three-ball that well. And again, you can't bank on them missing one of the 27 straight uh, three-pointers like last year. Um, you know, they're yeah. going to hit those. And yeah, so I mean, yeah, that's important. <laughs> I forgot there, about but, that. I mean, again, we, we, yeah, we can't stress, uh, you know, to kind of go back to the earlier point. Clay and Steph, this is, this is it. This is This is it. Get one of those old Splash Brothers games going, and you'll, you can put them away early. If not, um, you know, James is going to be lingering, and he, he knows this, this is kind of, you know, one of his, obviously his best chance. And you know what else? There, so. You know what else that people aren't really talking about, too, is we've seen Golden State get kind of tight in a game seven. Yep. They don't have to yep. play in many, but when they have nope. had to play in some, they've gotten a little tight. And if you recall, one in particular, yeah, 100% one in particular. (laughs) And if you can bring up that game and you can go all the way back to OKC, if Clay Thompson doesn't lose his mind, they lose that game too. They were super tight in that game. And if KD doesn't play like shit, my dad, uh, it's funny, man, my pops will never, he's like, you know how old heads are. You see one thing, and that's your opinion forever. So he is convinced that KD is, is trash because of that game. <laughs> I watched him in that series. Yeah. He gave up. He was like he was already ready to leave. I don't believe in that guy. Like, yada, yada, yada. So it's funny you brought that yeah. up because, uh, you know, it, 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 they have they have got types of game sevens before. But because what you know, Clay went time. berserk. Or was that? Am I thinking berserk, of game six? Yeah. or That was seven, right? He went berserk. I think it was game seven, yeah. Yeah, he went nuts. So, yeah, I that – so we – over the years, Golden State hasn't had to go to many sevens, but they have a couple mm-hmm. where they've they get a little tight, bro, and it's been in Oracle. So, guess what? That's where they're like they fuck around and get blown out tonight. Man, that shit. Don't let. Remember way back in the day when we talked about Clemson, Alabama, the second time around, I was like, bro, Clemson's not scared of these dudes, like. Nah, that they're yeah. gonna try to go at these dudes. That's the exact same position the Rockets are in. They don't, them, yeah, dude. 100%. They don't care about these dudes like that. Yeah. And yeah. you and you're gonna lose KD. Yeah, and there's no KD. I mean, the KD thing again. KD is an automatic bucket <laughs> in yeah. any way that you want it, right? Like Steph and Clay, man, like phenomenal shooters, right? And they can do other things, but no one has the ability to get a bucket from anywhere on the floor on that team like KD, right? Right. No matter where it is, he can go down the post, get you his bucket. He can go mid-range, get you his bucket. He can obviously shoot the three. He can take you off the dribble, right? Yeah. Um, you know, he, he's way more dynamic than anybody else out there. So, that that, that you know, it's, it's hard. when If they're not hitting threes and they can't just dump it off to KD and say, go ahead, Kevin, win this game, yeah, what are they going to do? Where's that, where's that third offensive player? Straight, right? That's not Draymond's game. Straight um, up. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yep. there's infinite stuff to watch for tonight, and – well, I would love to see it be a tight game and then go back to seven and be a tight two, but we'll we'll see what happens. What what do you think? Another do, thing, real, real quick. Yeah. You, and, and it really, if you're D'Antoni, I mean, it really loosens up your defensive game plan so much to not have to account for that player at all times. What defensive game plan? I don't think we can. What defensive game plan? What defensive game plan? Get back on D and try hard. You don't have to try as hard anymore. No, but I know what you mean. Yeah. Defense to offense is pretty much the defensive game plan. But you know what I mean, right? right. It's just if you're PJ Tucker, it's like, hey man, your job just got a lot. Ah, you don't have to worry about a seven seven one shooting now, guard. Yeah. Yeah. Now now don't worry about Clay. Take him out the game and it's all on Steph. A seven one shooting uh, guard know, that's been playing point guard. Like, yeah, it's been, a seven one shooting guard. Yeah. yeah I mean, that's been bringing crazy. the that's been bringing the ball up late in the <laughs> yeah, game. Like it's, that can literally do anything on a basketball court he wants to, yeah, whatever he wants to. Yeah, it's uh yeah, so 
Yeah, it's uh, it's the interesting. Tonight, man, I'm taking Houston. I got Houston to win. Would you give up seven and a half? Uh, no. <laughs> Hey, it's so funny, bro. I don't know who I was talking to the other day, but every time I look at a Golden State spread, I can't bet against these dudes. Like, I don't care what the number is. Like, it could have been yeah. Houston minus three. I'd have been like, ooh. I did take Houston the other day when they were going back home for game three. It was minus uh, It was minus three. I took that. But never comfortable. And, it, and if, and if Houston, Houston's laying seven and a half right now? Seven and a half tonight, bro. Man, that's the K. That's the KD. When are you ever going to get Golden State plus seven and a half in any situation? Yeah, never in life. But I mean, I'd like to see how we, many. I'd like to see how many lines they've had over seven over the last over this run. Bro, That'd be an zero. Interesting thing to pull I bet up. it's zero. Zero, yeah. I, 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 I don't unless see when, any scenario in which they were ever unless yeah. when a, a bunch of people sit. Yeah, like yeah. not not very many. Um, no. So yeah, I mean, I think a big thing is that we don't know what these dudes look like without KD anymore. Yep. So we'll uh we'll see. But it goes on and on, bro. The NBA playoffs have been out of control. We got two game sevens already locked in. You want to talk? Yep. You want to talk Philly and Toronto first, or Portland and Denver? Yeah, let's hit them, let's hit them real quick. Um, you know, um, so let's let's go Philly and uh, Philly and Portland. Real, I'm sorry, Philly and Portland. Wow. Denver and Portland, yeah. real quick. Denver um, and Portland. Oh, yeah. Going out there. Yeah, I, I like this series, man. It's very interesting. Um, you know, you got that kind of young emerging team in Denver, and then you got the established team that hasn't been able to get over the hump in Portland. Um, you know, I think the Jokic and Lillard dynamic, and then the McCollum thing. You know, he was playing out of his mind last night when he had twenty-eight. Um, yeah, that's my guy, you know, bro. They, you already told you that's yeah, my boy, that. bro. That's my three guy, J, man. He, that's three J. He's just uh, too yeah. smooth. So, you know, yeah, he's very smooth, man. You know, doesn't, doesn't play defense, couldn't stop. Couldn't stop already knows, but um, <laughs> you know he's, <laughs> he's he's a good offensive player. Dan Lillard obviously doing his thing. I I really in a seven game series. If we're going to game seven, I got Portland, man. I really um, I think the difference between and I want to say this the right way because I don't want it to come off as disrespect to Jokic, right? I know you're already like, oh shit, here we go. Yeah, but if you're talking about down the stretch, I need a bucket, and this game is close with a few minutes left in the fourth quarter. I'm looking at my watch and I'm saying it's damn time, baby. It's not Jokic time. It's yeah. not Jamal Murray time. It's damn time. And he has shown you in this playoffs that damn time is a thing. Um, and that he's motivated, man. Like he is he's the most motivated man in that series right now, hands down, right? No one has more on the line as far as reputation, stature in the league, the way people view him. Um, than Damian Lillard right now. I think that matters because he's obviously a competitive dude. He's not backing down from anybody. And uh, I mean, you, know, you can argue you can argue that James Harden and Dame Lillard are tied for first motivated in the playoffs altogether. Hundred yeah, percent, sure. yeah, without a doubt, yeah, without a doubt. You know, those two guys are the most on their legs. But even Harden, even if Harden never wins a championship, he's still an MVP. He still put together crazy years. He's still spoken of in that same breath. Whereas right. with Lillard, it's like. Sometimes, and maybe not after this year, but people forget Dame Lillard. I'll admit, I forget Dame Lillard. You know, sometimes if I'm sitting down putting together a top 15 list, I might forget about Dame Lillard. You know what I mean? Right. Um, and if you look at his numbers, he's had them. And, you know, I think if he gets to the Western Conference Finals or, you know, down where the Finals, he, for him, yeah. it's a big mark for him, man. Yeah. It's like, yo, yeah, I have done it in the playoffs. So, um, I think those days of forgetting yeah. Dame are over, though. They might be. Yeah, might but be. I know what you mean. Yeah, this has been so, one of the most entertaining series for me. It's just enjoyable yeah. to watch. It's just a lot of offense, a lot of deep threes. You get to see Jokic run around making all types of shit happen. It's just been very, very entertaining. It's just fun basketball to watch. Now, exactly. you know how I feel about Jokic. That's my dog. Yep. I love everything about his game. He's so patient. He lets everything come to him. He never forces anything. He's just a hooper, bro. But I'm taking Portland in game seven. Yeah. I think I understand Denver's been one of the best, if not the best, home team in the league this year. They have some crazy home record. That's um, ridiculous. Yeah, and I, and I get that. But listen. 
I think just like you said, Dame's got them. They've got more experience than the Nuggets in the playoffs. When it gets tight, I'm counting on guard play, and that's Dame Lillard and McCollum, rather than Jamal Murray and Jokic and, and all the rest of them out there. I'm blanking you just on. Said it. Jokic, yeah, Jokic lets the game come to him, which is great for the first 44 minutes. But right, you know, that's an interesting point. It makes a difference. Like yeah. if it's tight coming down the stretch. Man, give me Dame and and guard shooting jump shots all day long. I'll yeah, take that. All day. And it's and like, hey, and go give me a bucket. You know, and that's not really what he's how he's wired. Yeah, exactly right. And you kind of saw that in that what four or five overtime game or whatever it was. Jokic had a bunch yeah. of opportunities where he could he could have went and got a bucket. He never really got a good shot. Never really got a really really good look where he could have put him away. Um. And and you're gonna give me. He doesn't necessarily. He doesn't impose his will on you like that. Again, right. it's more of a. It's a finesse big man. So, yeah, you he's know, just patient. He's great, like he's the most patient dude ever. Yeah, you can't just be like, all right, yo, because we're gonna feed you at the end of the game, and we want you just to unleash your fury of move, your right. fury of moves. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you're gonna give me points. Um, my guess is that yeah. it'll be like Denver minus five. Yeah, I'll take all those because I really do think they're gonna win, and if they don't, it's gonna be. A barn burner. If Denver, if Portland's getting five, I'm, I'm, that's very tasty. I wonder. Let me see if. Let me look it up really quick and see if it's posted yet. But what? Yeah. I mean, what would you put it at? Right? Like, what else could it be? Yeah, three. Well, you you know got, I mean? Yeah, like you said, they're one of the best home teams in the league this year, if not the best. And so you got to you got to take account for that. I think the big thing with Denver, just like playing at fucking the football stadium, is that air pressure. You play there now for four games. You kind of you're kind of used to it, right? Your body's used to it a little bit. And I think that, that that's one of the biggest advantages that Denver has because people just can't breathe up there. Yeah. Um, so I think that, uh, you know, I think that that advantage, you know, when you're now again playing your fourth game there. Yeah, Nuggets kinda, minus five and a half. Oh, that's lovely. Nuggets minus five and a half. Yeah, I'll take all five and a half of those, please. You could, yeah, you could tease that with Golden State. Thank you. Can I have another? Yeah, you could, you could tease that all day with Golden State. Yeah, Put that's interesting. Points on that. yeah. So... Yeah, man, that's been an interesting series. These game sevens, game sevens is different too, man. Portland, I think Portland is is built and can deal with the pressure a little more than Denver will be able to. So I'll take the five and a half, and I'll I'll go down firing with Dame because I know because this is the thing. I know Dame gonna go out firing. So if 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 we go down, then at least at least we know Dame and CJ tried to shoot us out, and they weren't either either weren't hitting shots or. A lot of other stuff can happen, but yeah, man, I, I would. I'm, I'm you have going. a you have a plan, yeah. You have a plan at the end of the game if you're Portland for sure. Yes, absolutely, and you could run it. And if you don't have the plan, Dame and, and those guys have a pick and roll plan with Canner and whoever yeah. else that they can make it happen. So, which, which isn't, and I was about to talk about it, but that's not necessarily. Uh, you know, on the other side of things, it's a completely different story, right? With Toronto and Philly um, heading into their game seven, because you do have those type of players who are built for that type of game. And I think that's why this one could actually get more interesting down the stretch, just because there's a lot of man man versus man going on in uh, in in Toronto and Philly, right? You know, you look at Embiid, you look at Simmons, you look at Kawhi, you look at my man Pascal, the future Hall of Famer Siakam. You got a lot of guys who can go out there and do their thing um, and really turn this into one of those, you know, I guess all time great one on one type games, right? I don't know where where are you with that. <sighs> I'm so all over the place with these dudes, but it yeah. seems like it should be cut and dry, right? Like Philly's garbage on the road and great at home, right? So we're going to Toronto, so it should be a runaway, right? But I don't know, man. The, the, that shit, they make me nervous. Philly. Toronto? Philly. Because if they're playing well, they're so good. But, like, it seems like yeah. they're just so up and down. But, yeah, I agree with you. There's a lot of There's a lot of matchups where, yeah, it's – it's mano y mano. Like, let's let, who's, gonna, mano, who's yeah. gonna win tonight? So you yeah. got dogs in this series too, right? You got Jimmy Butler, who we already know, junkyard dog. Kawhi is quiet. He's a dog, though. Joel's a dog. You know, Kyle Lowry's a dog. Like those guys are. You know, it's, a, it's gonna be again. Yeah, a lot of a lot of a lot of physicality and a lot of guys who, who aren't gonna back down from Kyle. Me, right? Kyle Lowry is a puppy that barks like a dog. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He a pup that barks like a dog. You feel me? Oh man, Kyle 
he's still he's still capable of doing some things, man. He plays D. He, uh, I mean, I mean, he can he can have some awful games, but if he's playing well, Toronto is very hard to beat. Yeah, I mean, if, he, again, if he adds some points, their, their home court advantage just actually matters because those fans out there in Toronto get up for that team. They're thirsty. And, they're they're uh, thirsty for for a, for a run thirsty. too. They need to Drake's get to the Eastern Conference Finals. Yeah, I mean they're thirsty for that. So they yeah, need they need to know get that to the hate. Eastern Conference Finals. They need to. Yeah, they want to keep Kawhi over there. So that number, the rumbles are starting to come around that Kawhi's thinking about staying. So obviously, you know, you want to um, you want to get that game seven and get him in there. But man, I'm excited about that one. That um, number is minus six. I, minus six. Yeah, Toronto minus six. Yeah, I would probably. I don't. I, I would probably feel comfortable. I'd have to six. give up the six. Yeah, I'd have to lay the six. I got no problem in those six. Um, but, you know. Like, I, as, I, I, I as juiced as I am about this game, because I think Jimmy's going to bring it, if Joel can bring it and stay stomach bug free, whatever, and Simmons yeah. can, can get to the rack and get out in transition, this could be a thriller. So, yeah. 100%. yeah. I mean, Mark Gasol could also get in Embiid's ass and shit can change, and it could be a blowout. Like, so I don't know, man. It, it should be interesting. And real quick, man, I know we, we hit this on the group text the other day, but people need to just be easy with the Ben Simmons hate. It's a year two, right? We talk so much about what he cannot do that we people start to forget what he can do. Yeah. Right? I get it. I get it. The jump shot leaves so much to be desired because he doesn't even attempt them. But at the same time, man, it, it, it was kind of like the Rondo thing, right? You've got to look at what he brings to the table. Right, I mean, you're talking about a six ten point forward that can play D, get to the cup, give the shit. You know, what I mean, plays hard. I get it. You know, him and Embiid is sometimes a very, very awkward fit. Um, but at the same time, man, I feel like Ben Simmons is one of those guys who we've now kind of established him as that guy that we're just going to pick apart to the death. Yeah. And I really think that uh, you know, I, again, man, the question on our group message was, would you trade Lowry for Ben Simmons? And I'm just, or and, and you know, what I mean, and yeah, Lowry for Ben, yeah. Yeah, twelve times out of ten. Uh, man, so, that's, we could have a whole podcast about that. We could, yeah, yeah. Maybe so we'll I think we, I think we time, should but, touch yeah. on that. But li- bro, listen, that goes back to how does Ben Simmons carry himself? We pick apart the guys that carry themselves like assholes off the court. Ben Simmons walks ben around like, like uh, yeah, I think he does, and I think he walks around like he's the greatest thing that basketball has ever been gifted. Photoshop and B. No, but you. But do you see how Joel Embiid gets people to laugh, and he jokes, yeah. and he does all that stuff, and he's a supernatural talent. And he still goes out there and busts your ass. Yeah, oh, yeah. exactly. Right. So, yeah. I I wouldn't say Ben Simmons is like on Kyrie's level of this year, but Ben Simmons yeah, has no. a has an arrogance about him where he walks around and says stuff. There's been a couple. I don't have the press conferences off the top of my head, but there's been a couple pressers where he's just like. You know what I'm saying? He's kind of like, no, I'm the man. Like, I'm not worried about that. And that's why people yeah. hammer him. That's what, like, that's what it is. You think people would hammer Ben Simmons if he came out and was like, man, I'm working on my jumper. I just don't think it's there yet. I don't feel comfortable letting it fly. You know what I'm saying? If he came out and said that, people would be like, all right, bro. Like, we're, you know what I'm saying? He's working on it, da, 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 da. Like, they'd be more on his side. He's like, okay. he's almost like, I don't need a jumper. I'm going to the rack. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Th- that's kind of his attitude. Yeah, I don't see him as that bad of uh, the way he carries himself. I mean, yeah, he's cocky and all that stuff. I don't see him as like, you know, you don't hear reports like, oh, Ben Simmons is, is tough to deal with. You know what I mean? Yeah, no. Not and, Jimmy Butler. Yeah, and don't get it <laughs> twisted. I like that attitude. I like the arrogance. Yeah. I like when I see players like that. I, I actually embrace that and love that. But that's that's the that's the line on do you get picked apart or do you not get picked apart is how you carry yourself off the court and in press conferences and when the camera's on. True. Do you True, think, you know what I mean? So I think that's a that's a very valid point, and you see it over and over and over again. Um, Toronto, is this a must win for them if they expect to, to get Kyrie to, to stay? Kawhi? Yeah, my fault. Not Kyrie. Kawhi Leonard, yes. Um, I almost say yes and no for the same reason. Yes. In the sense that I don't know, man. I don't know. You can't under you can't understate the fact that Kawhi has already won an NBA championship. 
So his motivations might be different. Yeah. You know what I mean? As far like as what he's looking for. His, yeah, as far as what <laughs> he's looking for in his next adventure, right? When that, right. When that, exactly. When that monkey's off your back of like, yo, no matter what, I don't know that with a championship, like I was the best player in that finals series, right? MVP. I'm a finals yeah. MVP, right? Established superstar, made some money, got that hardware. You know, I've been the man on my team. My legacy is good, right? No matter what. Yep. Obviously, he wants to win more and all that. So, I don't know how that's going to influence his decision to say, hey, maybe I want to go to the Clippers, a young up-and-coming team, and not necessarily compete next year, which I think they would with him, obviously. Um, or at the same time, maybe run it back to Toronto where I can have another window to kind of win out here in the East, right? We don't know what the East is going to look like uh, next year. You know, Philly's in flux. Um, and, you know, everybody else is kind of whatever, right? You got to assume Milwaukee's going to get better, right. hopefully. But, you know, everybody else is just kind of in flux. And you look at those right. bottom teams in the East, and it's a very scary sight. So you're guaranteed to go in the playoffs there, right? Um, whereas our West, hey, it's going to get a little bit tougher. So if you want to go out to the Clippers, like, yeah, it's going to get a little bit tougher. You're not going to be a two-seed out there, yeah. uh, potentially, right? So it depends on what he's looking for. And the issue with him, you want to talk about how you carry yourself. He doesn't say shit. Yeah. He does not say anything. He doesn't say anything to anybody. Right. You know, it, it was surprising when I heard the reports this week that Kawhi would consider staying in Toronto or is leaning towards staying in Toronto because it's like, well, where did you get that from? I don't know who he talks to. <laughs> he might yeah, talk to Mrs. Rivers actually, outside of that. I don't think he yeah. doesn't have any sources in the media. He's not go, he doesn't got an entourage. He doesn't have his people with him or anything like that. So right. anything you hear from the Kawhi front, you got to be like, well, where exactly are you getting that from? Because this is a guy who last year in the middle of all the drama, you still didn't know where his head was at because he would just rather not talk. Right, um, which is you know admirable, man, because you know he, he was letting them smoke so much last year, and he was like, whatever, I don't really give a fuck. I just want to hoop and hoop in a situation that I'm comfortable in. And again, you've seen him forego a great situation when it didn't fit what he wanted, right? So um, I, it's really hard to answer that question because I have zero inclination as to where he's leaning to go play basketball or if he wants to stay in Toronto. But it obviously doesn't hurt to win and go to the Western Conference Finals. I don't think he's gonna be mad about that. Like, oh right. shit. We won too many games. I got to get out of here. Um, that's not going to happen. But <laughs> yeah. you see what I mean? Yeah. So obviously, I guess, yeah, they need it. You know, for them, they need it. If they're looking at it that way, hey, the better we do, the more the easier it's going to be to, or the more leverage we have as far as convincing them and let them know that basketball-wise is a great option. Um, and Toronto's a great city, but he's a Southern California kid. Right. That's the key. Who went to college in San Diego and played his first two years in San Antonio. So living in the cold weather is something he's never had to do. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I, I think there was a, I forget who said it. There was an interesting quote from somebody. I think it was Chris Bosch back in the day. And they were like, how do you feel about playing in Toronto? He's like, look, I'd rather be the man in an entire country than a city. So, you know, you do run Canadian yeah. basketball up there if you're that dude. Yeah, so I didn't even, I've never thought about that. But, yeah. but, but what's the significance of being the man in Canadian battle, you know what I mean? Like, who cares? Yeah, that's like who cares? Yeah, that's like being. I don't even know what to. He doesn't play for the Maple Leafs. Essentially, that's like being the the best dude in MLS here. If you're like an American, like, all right, (laughs) like we know, okay. Like, I don't think I can name one MLS player yeah, or who. But that's what I'm saying, MLS. right? Like, soccer's not our main <laughs> shit. Like, up there, basketball's yeah, not that. Yeah, I don't right? think. Whatever. But again, at the same time, man, Toronto's come a long way as a basketball city. And, you know, I think they're going to get another team up there pretty soon. Um, so, you know, I, I think between Seattle and uh, some Canadian city would be your top two. Vancouver, yeah. Destinations that the NBA looks to expand. Montreal, you know, I think Seattle. Dope. Yeah, Seattle, I mean, it, it, side note, I mean, it is crazy that after all this time, we still have not a team in Seattle, but we still have teams in Orlando and places like that. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's true. Yep. Ryan Rosillo this morning I was watching, uh, I think it was Get Up, or he was on Get Up and First Take. Rosillo was all over this morning. But he made a good point. He was like, man, I think people put too much into if we win this game and get to this level of the playoffs, I'm going to stay. And if we don't get to the finals, I'm leaving. He was saying a lot of these people, he thinks a lot of these people already have their mind made up, period. Like, deep down, Kawhi knows he's leaving if they win a title. Like, it doesn't even matter. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm out of here regardless. So I thought that was interesting, and I thought there might be a lot of validity to that, especially with the point you brought up, which was a very good one about Kawhi already winning a title, already being a finals MVP. Like, he, he doesn't have that monkey on his back like Chris Paul. 
Right. He's already played and the even, finals. If, even not like Kyrie, who's won a championship, but didn't, you know, I mean, great, granted, he hit the biggest shot in that game, of course. But it's not like people always look at that still as LeBron's championship, right? Yeah. Whereas Kawhi's championship was 100% Kawhi's championship. It was the end of the Duncan runs. You know, it was it was Kawhi was what, 27, 28 points a game in the finals. He like, was the most he impactful the by far, no doubt. By far, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So that's interesting, bro. The, the playoffs, just like we said, bro, the second round, everything's going to heat up. And this shit has done more than heat up. Can you, like, has has there ever been a time in playoff history that I can remember where you'll sit down on a Sunday and watch back-to-back-to-back game sevens? No. I've never even heard, like, I've I've never heard of that. Like, I don't know if it's been a scheduling thing. I'm sure there's been three game seven series where one was, like, Thursday night and then the other one was Friday. You know what I mean? Like, to go from... Two o'clock in the afternoon to ten o'clock, and it's all Game Seven playoff basketball. It's insane. It's almost like uh, I mean, with the three games or whatever, it's almost like the conference conference uh, championship weekend in the NFL, right? You know what I mean? When you yeah. got the NFC title exactly game, and the right. NFC title game, or even the divisional round, which a lot of people love because just back to back to back elimination games going on. Right. And you know, by that time, you know, you got the good teams in there. So yeah, definitely, man. I mean, look, it, it, it's going to set up for something good. Um, it's exciting. If you're the NBA, you're loving this right now because you are center stage and everything's looking good and the league, uh, you know, really cashed it. I think this LeBron wish playoffs has really been everything I kind of thought it would be. Yeah, I mean, because taking him out of the equation, yeah, yeah, once you take him out of the equation, you force people to talk about other things. You know what I mean? It's just like LeBron is in the playoffs, bro. He is 70% of the coverage. And it's overwhelming if you don't want to listen to LeBron talk all day. Right, and that's not his fault. Um, but it's like, look, now we get to talk about Portland and Denver. You know what I mean? We get to talk about Dame Lillard. We get to talk about Jokic. We get to talk about other guys, and you know, see who's really out there doing their thing. And you know, it forces these basketball writers to have something else to talk about because they're not just fucking forcing LeBron down our throat on every morning show, every afternoon show, every evening show, every Bleacher Report notification. You know what I mean? And he's still, and, 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 and he's still getting a ton of coverage. And he's still in a ton of coverage, but it's not like it normally <laughs> yeah. is, you know. So for me, for someone who loves the whole rest of the league, you know, like my favorite part about the league is the non-marquee stories. You know, that's why, like you said, Portland and Denver is so much fun. And it's not marquee stories. It's just these are two good teams playing great basketball. Yeah. Um, and that's ultimately, if you really like the sport, not the drama, but the sport, this is what you want to see. All day long, man. Absolutely mm-hmm. right. Man, I'm excited. The rest of the playoffs are going to be cracking because – Yep. Regardless of who comes out of the East, whoever they play against the Bucks should be very interesting. And yep. then if we could get like a Portland Golden State, that should be a shootout, bro. It'd be great. So I really, I really want to see Giannis versus Kawhi. I think that that's a matchup I would really like to see. Yeah, Toronto Milwaukee would be solid. A lot of fun. It's funny, man, because I get pulled in both directions. Because I would love to see Jimmy come out of the East. Like, that would yeah. be so sick, and he'd be great and great TV. But I don't think anybody beats Milwaukee out of the East, but I think Toronto has the best shot. I'm team I'm team Giannis all day, and then after that, I'm team Kawhi, and then everybody else, I really, you know. Doesn't matter. I, I like Jimmy. I love Jimmy, man. I love what he did for us, but, you know, seeing Jimmy Butler win an NBA championship isn't necessarily top of my list, but I understand 100% where you're coming from. Yeah. Um, I just like the Giannis experience, man. I just think that. He's you know, and obviously it's been, well, it's been covered. It's just the whole ascension, man. It's like this dude, within like five years, has become the best player in the NBA. So like, it, it's crazy. It's yeah. just crazy, man. So, and yeah. The other interesting thing, too, is Milwaukee is, and, and this is the, the whole marquee, everyone always says this, the Milwaukee Bucks are the, the, the most close-knit, team-loving organization left in the playoffs they're a real team they have they're a real team with a superstar you know what i mean and that always kind of gets brushed under the rug like hey let's just be the boston celtics and add Kyrie and add gordon hayward and we're going to win the championship who can beat these guys in the east well the team that's going to beat the guys in the east is a dude that has bought into milwaukee Giannis. loves the team loves the organization brings everyone together everyone likes to play with each other you know what I mean? That's the difference. And it's, all, it's all organic, too. 
It's all they, organic. They, they drafted. They got Chris Middleton. You know, they drafted Giannis. They, uh, you know, made the moves for 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 Miritich and all that. It's, just, it's not like hey, everybody let's go play with Giannis. You know what I mean? It's like no, we made we we, we set this up for a couple of years, realizing these are the best type of players to play with Giannis, and now it's all come together. Instead of just adding random pieces and saying let's get as many names as we can around Giannis, like no, let's get guys who fit the part. Exactly right. And Eric Bledsoe yep. wasn't. When Eric he, Bledsoe, when yeah. He, hey, we'll take him, man. We, we like him. He's a yep. dog. He plays deep. And when he came you over, know? you know, he was a little bit of a question mark. But he's grown. Yeah. He's grown with the team. He got a new contract. All that stuff yeah. matters. Yep. And they're. Brooke they, Lopez. Hey, man. Brooke yeah. Lopez. Let's try to shoot threes. Let's try this. Brooke Lopez. Let's shoot some threes. Brooke Lopez transitions his game. Life, but, yeah. Changes his whole game. It's kind of like they've all grown together. As one, and in the middle of this, a sprouting superstar is kind of anchoring the whole thing, and they just yep. are playing team basketball, love to play with each other, and that's why they're playing so well. You know what I mean? The scary, the scary thing is, man, like... George Hill's Giannis another is, guy. Is, He's Giannis trash. Right. George Hill gets eight. George Hill is battle-tested. But that's what I'm saying. But he's another yeah. guy that was doubted. He's been jumping all over the league, and it seems he's like he's found a pla- he seems like he's found a place that people that he likes. The players like him. He likes the city. You know, all that stuff matters. They're they're just yeah. all gelled up and clicking at the right time. There's zero talk about players leaving. There's zero talk about if someone wants to be there. There's zero talk about all that stuff. And that and and, and all they do is focus on playing ball, and it shows. Yeah, I like, I don't, and I don't see, um, you know, I don't see Giannis kind of developing that big head and stuff like that. I just don't. I think this is all still like great to him. And even though I mean he's used to it now a little bit, but I don't see him becoming like that type of guy. So I think he's like, hey, Milwaukee's great. These people love me. I, I can do whatever I want. They're they're all dedicated to me. And again, we can't understate the fact this man is 25, and there's still parts of his game. He hasn't even unlocked yet. So, I mean, the rest of the league, you know, needs to just really be on notice because I think that uh, the Giannis thing is obviously very real, and uh, I think we're only in the beginning of it. So, yeah, I like Milwaukee is set up very, 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 very well. Yeah, we. it's a shame Regardless we didn't get up there this year. Yeah, it really we is. Get up maybe they're going to the finals. Maybe they're going to the finals. We can uh, go to the finals ticket. Yeah, low-key. Maybe because maybe they'll yeah. still be sleeping on them somehow. We can get to the finals for 200 250, I'll make that happen. Yeah, that would be cool. I would definitely go check that out. And I'm wearing bullshit. 100%. I might get the Giannis jersey, bro. I might get the Fear the Deer t-shirt, bro. Fear the Deer. I'll root for the Bucks and clap and shit. I'm rocking a Bulls fucking hat, t-shirt, all that. Oh man, no, you gotta fear the deer, man. No, nah, we, we ain't fear. I'm giving y'all some money. I'm gonna buy y'all beers. I'm 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 spending yeah. money in Milwaukee. Y'all gonna have to take Great that for the W. Underrated town. I mean, obviously, most of our people are in Chicago listening. But if you haven't been out to Milwaukee, definitely go out there, kick it for a weekend. It's a solid little, uh, solid little excursion. You said it's better than Detroit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 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 you said oh, it's better man, than Detroit. Detroit. Shout out to Detroit, man. That's some tough people out there, man. Yo, speaking of Detroit, city, <laughs> I was watching uh, Real Sports, Brian Gumble. Love that show, by the way, HBO. Yeah, shout out, shout out Gumble. Yeah, and they just did a piece on the Little Caesars Arena, the new Red Wings Arena, and then the, now yeah. the new Pistons Arena as well. Interesting take on the Little Caesars family. I think they're called the, they're the Illiches. The Illiches yeah. is the family. He, 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 I think he owns the Red Wings, doesn't he? Or? Yeah, he owns the Red Wings. He owns the Tigers. And yeah. essentially, he's worth like 6 or $7 billion. And he promised all this stuff on the approval of the stadium. The same old, It was the same old story of, yo, we're going to do this, do that, but we need $400 million from the city to get this stadium rocking. And yeah. they essentially haven't come through on the promises. The city of uh, Detroit used to get a rev share of like Pistons and uh, Red Wings earnings from tickets and concessions. They don't get that anymore. It's just like a whole. Like even when they even when they weren't playing in Detroit, because you know they yeah were in yeah Auburn when they Hills, were in Auburn so, uh, Hills, yeah. yeah yeah like Detroit since there they were the Detroit Pistons. The piece made it seem like they were still getting money off the red share for sure off the Red Wings. Um, but yeah, like they had all these promises for essentially building up this 
whole community and housing complexes and restaurants and all this shit around Little Caesars Arena, and they've completely yeah. just not done any of that. So, yeah, see, that's interesting because when I was there, I, we drove by Little Caesars, and there was what appeared to be very new townhouses and some businesses out there. I mean, it looked like it was relatively well developed. Again, I don't know what they promised. I haven't read the article, right. so maybe if they had promised a lot more, I didn't see that. But I did see what looked like, you know, because it's right there by Comerica, and it's a whole little situation over there. And they do have some townhouses and things like that. Not a ton. So, again, I don't know what exactly they promised, but it's, it's, it's interesting. Like, the stadium is in, like, almost like a little pit um, that's not on street level. It's slightly under street level, and it's yeah. like a little complex out there so i i like to read that article see like yeah what they go, but yeah just go watch that piece on hbo it was really interesting and after driving through detroit i can tell you that they do not have 400 million dollars to spare so I, i'd like to yeah. I'd too. <laughs> yeah it was it was 300 million but who's counting yeah, well, they right? don't have that either yeah <laughs> so oh, yeah, yeah. they talked about the school system and all that shit it was a really interesting it was a really interesting piece, but yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm not an economist yeah, and I'm not an urban planner, but if you're downtown as a city is whack, then the rest of your shit's probably, it, it needs to go inside out, I would guess, but yeah. I, mean, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, super I'm, trash. You know what I mean? The only city that, does, the only city that doesn't really matter is like LA who does not need a downtown. They don't, yeah. The, everything is just based around exactly. it, you know, but that's LA. Yeah. Um, but everybody else, yeah, that central downtown really needs to be cracking. So, yeah, have you been man. up to Toronto talking about central downtown? Da- uh, Toronto? Have you been to Toronto? Nah, bro. Yeah. I got to get out there. Oh, uh, you're tweaking, man. Yeah, I'm, yeah, man. I'm, I think could, I'm about to be going out there. Let me know. Soon, so. Talk to Cody. Yeah. Yeah, man. Cody's Toronto's married cracking. now, though. Yeah, She's probably Cody. different. It might be. <laughs> <laughs> Doubt yeah. It. Doubtful. Yeah. Doubtful. Maybe, but doubtful. Maybe. Doubtful. Yeah, man. Yo, this is this was I loved this pod, bro. This was great talk. Yeah. This is great banter. Absolutely, man. I'm Absolutely. excited. I'm excited for the rest of these games. Um so just to recap, you have Houston tonight. And then what about Sunday? Yep. Uh Portland and um Portland and Toronto. Okay. You got Portland, Toronto, and Houston tonight. If Houston wins and it's a game seven, you, you gonna stick with Houston? Yeah. Oh yeah. You gotta follow the money. Oh yeah. I got Houston. Houston. I got Houston tonight. I got Golden State at home in Game Seven. If it goes seven, I got Portland and I got Toronto. That's solid. Yeah. And I'm gonna take uh, Portland in the five and a half. If anybody wants some free cash, that's free cheddar. Yeah, I think I'm. I think I'm all over that five and a half. Take Portland. You're thinking about it. That's that's really nice number for a team that I think is gonna win the game. So. Yes, yeah. take Portland yeah. plus five and a half. We need that. Yeah, I feel comfy. I don't think they're getting blown out. So. <laughs> All right, no doubt, my guy. For Nick the Quick, I am your boy, Sean Little. Make sure you subscribe on YouTube, iTunes. Check out the Instagram page. We're dropping those new little videos. IGTV's rocking, man. I'm enjoying those. Um, tell your homies, five-star review, all that. We got some new merch coming for the summer, T-shirts, hats. Make sure you're on the lookout. We got the hottest merch in the game. No Catch Up Chicago for Chicago by Chicago. Nick the Quick, I'll holler at you, baby. Listen up. Get it.